Support the Amigos podcast on Patreon or PayPal and receive cool perks and rad swag. Visit our page at everythingamiga.com support. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Desert Strike. Mm, okay. Now, this is a helicopter game. Yes. You were aware of that already. I have heard, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's set uh, ostensibly during a uh, you know a Middle Eastern conflict, a land where there's desert, in the early 90s. I think it's, it's pretty... pretty uh, pretty clear that they were going after the Gulf War vibe from this thing, wouldn't you say? Well, it's funny you should mention that, because there's some trivia behind the actual choice of conflict. Well, what I want to talk about right now is what your memories of the things you were doing during the Gulf War time period. And it's funny that you should mention that. It's not funny that this happened, but uh, when uh, I was in college when the, the deal went down, and I just... <laughs> You know who Jello Biafra is, perchance? Mm-mm. He's the lead singer of the Dead Kennedys, and he cut this spoken word album. And it was a, I remember, there, I think this was when it was, a, it was a song called Die for Royal Sucker. I remember being on it. And this was sort of a, something that was like a, you heard this a lot. This was getting bandied around at school a lot, that we were going over to fool around the desert because we wanted a bunch of oil, which is, that seems to come up every time. And right. man, who knows? You know, I'm sure that's probably part of it. Uh, but I remember... Standing on 4th Avenue, uh, uh, right there at Marshall, and watching a dude go into the middle of the intersection of, you know, how busy it is there, and he, and he laid down, and then, and he dumped a can of motor oil on himself, and that was his, that was his protest. Now, he didn't actually light it on fire no, or anything. No, though. he just dumped oil on himself, <laughs> and I remember standing there, and the thing is, I was like, this just happened, there was no crowd. Like, I was just standing there like a crosswalk or something. I just watched this guy walking over the street, lay down, stop traffic, and then dump motor on himself. Like a, I mean, just like a quart bottle of oil. And that was his protest. He just laid there. I thought, oh, man, I don't know what this means, but it seems kind of stupid. So that, that when you think about it, as not funny as war is, that was one of the dumber things I've seen. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, um. All this, any time, anytime you have this military action, never good. It's uh, it's all, it's always a bummer. Uh, uh, and um, the the game we're talking about today uh, was under a bit of a cloud because of the scenario they choose. It's funny when I play it or when I think about it, I never really think much about it to be honest with you because it's just a game. Right. I always wonder how. Uh, some games. Remember when we a uh, cannon fodder with the poppies and how they got in a hot water mm-hmm. over that. It's funny how some games will get in trouble with uh, veterans or with certain with people associated with certain types of war. Where and in some games, sort of like get a pass. I've never understood it. You know, like Call of Duty comes to mind where you can. I mean, you're reenacting. I remember. The, well, he, I think one of the differences is that now uh, more and more members of the military are actually video game players themselves, and they're very avid a lot of times. And you know, at the time that Cannon Fodder came out, the people that fought in World War One, you know, where the poppy originated, probably not a whole lot of those were, were big games. Well, I understand what you're saying, but I mean, 
I don't look at it, I'm not looking at it from just the, the voice of gamers. It's just like what it, it's always interesting or curious to me what can you, you can get away with in a video game and what will people will protest about. Sure. Yeah. Because we both know uh, that uh, in a lot of military uh, militaristic style games are are much bigger, uh, uh, much more let's say, controversial things happen in the games in a game like Cannon Fodder, mm-hmm. for example. Yeah. That seems like an odd choice to protest when you can... when the, I mean, again, I'll, I'll go back to, like, your Call of Duties and stuff, where, like, you can do some real uh, uncool stuff in there, and no one seems to give a crap about those too much. And then if you go into, into a, down the down that same road, violence in games in general, military, military violence and the glorification of war, listen, some of the best games glorify war. You know, so... It's you could almost protest anything that did, that. yeah, <laughs> you know. But yeah. so, but some games got the heavy hand, and some games didn't. Now, Desert Strike came out. And, I mean, they did capitalize on what was going on, uh, uh, but you know, I don't. It's not like it's a real, real serious game. I mean, when you watch the cutscenes and stuff, it's pretty tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's sort of. A, I can sort of see why people were yeah, mad. Yeah, I, I think that it might have been more the contemporary nature of the the game you know it came out as the conflict was going on if you recall a couple of years ago they wanted to release a game called seven days in fallujah which is about you know yeah. today's conflict and it was actually contemporary to to now in a much more hyper realistic way and uh it got the axe so. yeah well i mean there's i guess there's got to be some line to draw yeah but uh um uh, i didn't let that bother me let's no. put that when i was playing the game i I, me I, I didn't let that affect me how about that Let's talk about what's been going on this week over on everythingamiga.com, Aaron. We had a couple uh, articles go up uh, this week. Uh, right out of the gate here, uh, the Dreamcatcher has snuck one in. Now, he, this game, this particular article is on a movie, a game based on a movie that I don't think either one of us have ever heard of. No, according to him, it's a 1994 dystopian sci-fi action movie. Sounds like something would be in your wheelhouse. It does. It does. No escape. I've never heard of this. I have never ever uh, heard of it, and I've certainly not seen it. Uh, and no one could told could have told me that there was a game based on it because I've never heard ever seen it. And uh, this is Dreamcatcher's usual treatment. He goes through, and uh, the game actually looks pretty good, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. By the way, that looks like scroll back up. I think you said this is on the on the on the Super Nintendo and the Mega Drive, right? Uh, uh, and Cy- and Psygnosis was behind it. So there you go. Uh, it looks good. It looks, you know, it looks sort of like it's almost got a little bit of a flashback look to it. Uh, but uh, um, it didn't, obviously, didn't review too well because that's what when Dreamcatcher steps in. Almost certainly, it's garbage. Yeah. So if you're if you're into this, if you're one of the rare people that enjoyed this film or have seen this film, there's a game for you right there. Uh, and I will also say Dreamcatcher did some uh, pretty interesting stuff over on uh, YouTube. I commented on a couple of his videos this week, so he's. He's always up to trouble, and he'll he'll if you ask him a question, he'll jump right back in. Uh, we also had now this is uh, something interesting. Gr- our buddy Graham is back. Uh, oh, yeah, we'll get to that last. Sure. Our buddy Graham is back, and he's got a challenge to the Amigos community. We have a community boat, and he's challenged uh, me, you, and everyone in the community to write up a list of your favorite Amiga games between 1985 and 1996. You get one game a year, right? And then uh, after you list your game, he would like you to list the genre, the publisher, and the Hall of Light link, if you know it, which that's easy to find out. Just go to Hall of Light, H-O-L. And then you can list 12 more games that you had to boot, like runners-up. 
Now, I looked over, I looked over what he had. I, I agreed with some of these. Right? For example, and just to, to explain how this works, he's got 1985, and his game that he picked that year was Archon, which is, a, you know, I love that game. And then and he goes through each year and picks a game, the, his favorite game that year, and then we're going to kind of compare him with everyone else's. There's already been, I know you've already done this. Yeah, yeah. And a few other people have jumped in. It looks like Folds is in there. Mm -hmm. uh, Pixels. Pixels. Yep. So we've already got some people that have participated. It's fun uh, to uh, see what people think. You know, remember when we were do I was doing that year-by-year -year series? I think we did like three years. Mm -hmm. It's funny, in some of those early years, I mean, the pickings are slim. Yeah, yeah, especially 1985. Well, Archon mm -hmm. is an easy... That's an easy choice because you know I love that game, mm -hmm. but uh, I believe Marble Madness came out pretty early too. Yeah. That's another really good game. I mean, one there, on were, one. there were some good games back in in, in the early days. Mm -hmm. So if you want to uh, participate, head on over to everythingamiga.com. Uh, the uh, game list challenge is right on the front page. Yeah. Now tell us about this last one, Bode. All right. So this final one, you know, we've we've opened up uh, everythingamiga.com to uh, members of our Discord community and allow them to to go wild with Abandon and publishing articles on things that they, they might consider interesting, and, and they've all been excellent so far. Yeah. And this one is very unique. This one comes to us from Harbonaut, and it's all about, the title of this article is A Life on the Ocean Waves in Pushover. So Harbonaut used to work at Ocean, and uh, he designed the animations for Pushover. And it's, 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 he tells the story uh, uh, very, uh, very well and how uh, you know they, they brought this game to him and they're like, hey, we need to tie this in with Quaver somehow. How are you gonna do it? He talks about his thought process and how you know he, uh, he, he went through and designed the animations and how the more outlandish he made them, the more he loved them, the more Ocean loved them. Um, and uh, it's, you know, this is, I, I wish that I would have read this before we talked about the game because we'd have had some extra stories, but this is kind of a neat addendum. Uh, if you're at all interested in what working at Ocean was like back in the 90s, and, um, and you know, more info about Pushover, which was a, a fantastic yes. game, definitely check this out. You know, I was talking to you earlier this week, I was like, man, because I commented last week that the in-between animations were surprisingly not crap. Yeah. Like, they were good, because they could have been, I mean, we'll go back to the other Quavers game, not so good. Right. You right. know, and this one was like they killed it. Mm -hmm. And little did I know that the fellow responsible for those wacky animations was right there in the Discord. I was yeah. stunned. Yeah. So that's great. Great job, Harbonaut. And I'll, as I mentioned to you, I'm sure glad this wasn't one where we murdered the animation. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God the guy from Severed Heads right. or, or Top Banana is not in the Discord. That would probably not get too good. Although I wish he was. I'd I love to talk too. to the Top Banana guy. You know, I, if I'm not mistaken, because, you know, we're studying up this week for the Acorn Archimedes, I believe Top Banana got an Archimedes ooh, release. So, ooh. just an FYI. <laughs> All right, Aaron. There's a new train in town. Oh, is there? And it's the Gamble Train. It's a new train? There's a, we've refitted the Gamble Train. You know, there's a new Batmobile. There, what? Yeah. There, Where? Did you know there's a new Batman movie? No. Yeah, it's Another called, new it's one? It's called, get this, The Batman. Ooh, because whenever catchy. whenever you relaunch something, you just put a the in front of it. Really, it becomes a whole new thing. Okay, so who's playing Batman? Um, boy, you asked me too quick. It's some famous dude. I don't know. It's not any of the previous Batman. It's like Dana Carvey or something. Dana Carvey. Well, that'd be an interesting twist on the series. Um, I'm sure the chat will answer who the who the new Batman is. But anyway, is this garbage or not? In what keeping, do you think? Any, have you seen any? It was very early on. They've only they've only right. released like a couple images, but there is a new Batmobile. It looks very similar 
to the Keaton Batmobile and less like the ultra-realistic tank that was the Christian Bale Batman Batmobile. Yes. So. But anyway, the Gamble Train has been refitted with turrets and... Uh, no. And, and, and a, it's like the Enterprise Season is. 2. They yeah. do, well, they screwed that up. <laughs> so let's talk about what's been going on this week in Amiga News. Aaron, we have some new videos to talk about. All right. This first one is... Pimpin' the Amiga in 2020. Yeah, I've been watching this series on and off whenever they get, it gets updated. This is the, the only Amiga graphics card you'll ever need. This comes to us from Modern Vintage Gamer. Uh-huh. And uh, this is a the uh, MNT ZZ9000. This thing does everything. It's like the Swiss Army knife of, yeah. of cards. I saw, I, I watched this video. It's got, it's like SD, this, that, bye-bye. It reads everything. You know, it's a, it's an awesome graphics card. I believe it does. It have an FPGA or something on it. It's got a bunch of crazy stuff on it. Did you, have you actually watch this video? I, well, you know, these videos go directly over my head. Yeah. Because I'm still not even sure why you need a graphics card. Well, it's funny because I was getting ready to say, the only graphics card you ever need is no graphics card. <laughs> uh, you got an AGA in this bad boy. Mm-hmm. We need a graphics card. Uh, you know, there are these RTG cards whatnot that give the Amiga mega powers. Uh, or, but these Amigas, see, this is... The Gamble Trade has brought you news that goes way beyond our, the scope of this show. That's very we, true. We dwell in poor man Amiga town <laughs> where we're not getting any of this crazy, crazy stuff. No. But this thing is, a, I watch the thing, it's a hot rod. I think it's mega expensive too, mm. but I mean, it, it's very impressive. It is an Amiga peripheral, so that sort of comes with it. <laughs> it's, yeah, territory. and it's for the big box Amigas, and it does something like it does 8,000 things. Mm. So, yeah, you're going to pay double top dollar. Now, we did hear from Pix that uh, Robert Pat- Pattinson is the new Batman. Are you familiar with Robbie? Robert Pat Pattinson? Is yeah. that his name? You don't, you so don't his know middle name's Pat, and his last name's Patterson? No, Robert Pattinson. Oh, Paul, oh, that's. Sorry, I misheard you. Yeah. You must have stuttered there. I thought I you said Robert Pat Patterson. <laughs> I was like, I know who Pat Patterson is. But no, I've never heard of him. Okay. Tenmark, Aaron, our buddy Doug, is yeah. back with a review of the mini Zorro game. Yep, I watched this as well. And then, actually, I talked to Doug about this. We exchanged a few messages over it. Uh, uh, did you Have you watched this yet? I have not watched this Mini yet. Zorro, it looks a lot like the mini Bruce Lee, for example. Oh. It's a, oh my gosh! Well, actually, this looks no, like a nightmare. No, it's actually it, it it is a little slow. Now, this will run on a as I recall, and uh, I don't think Doug's with us, but this will run on a standard Amiga. But it, he says like it's not made to run on one. I think it requires like an O twenty to beat. But it actually, this actually you're you're killing it without knowing it. This actually looks halfway decent. I watched it. The guy that did this is a the guy that did the uh, that did this game. He's a top shelf, and I mean tippity top shelf deluxe paint guy mm. he is great and they showed some of his art from the contest this is him, huh i don't know I, oh, okay. I, but uh uh he's a real he's a heck of an artist and so, well the and thing this, is you're right the game doesn't look bad it doesn't look bad at all yeah it I looks fine and I, it depends the, on how when, it plays. You, when you watch this thing chug and then you see that it takes an o20 to run well also you gotta consider this is a pre-release copy okay, this isn't a okay. full this is a, and doug mentions that i'll too. definitely give it the benefit of the doubt and i'll try it out i like you know you, you know i've watched brent play this game called splunky and there, mm-hmm. there's no connection by the way but it's well, i guess the only thing it's got the tiny graphics yeah, and it's like pixel art and so the tiny and... the tiny stuff is in you know uh this looks i mean it's it looks interesting you know i'm a big zorro fan from when i was a kid i love the zorro this guy was abused in the films, by the way. Really? Oh, man. Well, and, what about Antonio Banderas? And the less said about the gay blade, great. the better. 
I love Antonio Banderas, but I'm talking about the, the previous incarnations. I like Zoro on TV. Who was who was Zoro before Antonio? Banderas? I don't know who played the guy, but he hopefully he's been taken out and killed. Mm. Uh, but uh, um, you you have to go and get your stuff. You become Zoro, then you and and you've got to get it. It is up for jump, so you're gonna have to get used to that boat. I asked about uh, two button support, and it, right now it's only a PAL game, so I asked about NTSC support. There are. He told Doug said he asked the guy about these things, and he said there is no, uh, there's no plans to make an NTSC release of this. Well, I mean, I, to be honest with you, I, why would you? you well, know? I mean, all you lose is the the bottom section of the uh, where it's like the, you're right. Yeah. Right. So this is a work in progress, but it looks pretty good. I'm 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 going to uh, see. I mean, I think it could be fun. You know, I like these jump around games. The background stuff look cool. It could be fun, you yeah. know. So well, I'm well, I'm waiting to see. Now, I mean, some people are interested. I've heard a couple of people just flat out pan it, but no one's played it hardly. Mm -hmm. So it's a yeah. little bit early to just go kill it. I did like the fact that he just cut down a vase from the wall and it hit the ground and turned into a horse. And then that's, he got up on it and rode it. That's how you do it. Yeah. Man. Although uh, Doug said the horse makes just this one appearance. Oh, so that's, that's too bad. Shame. Uh, now speaking of. Uh, up to jump on the Amiga, Aaron. Yeah, your favorite. There's a uh, there's a new game in town. For those of us that think up to jump is sort of like watching black and white TV, uh -huh. it's fine until you watch color. Um, the Firefly <laughs> joystick remapper is something that has just come out this past week, Aaron. I didn't this heard of this. This thing is ten bucks. It's ten bucks, okay. and it gives you a one switch that lets you immediately go to map a second button for up to jump. Okay. Well, I, or I, up in, in any ten in any, bucks yeah. is a good deal. And so now, it, it, how does that work? How does it know which? So on the nine pin pinout on yeah. the Atari, one of those is button two. Okay. So it remaps the up button direction to that button two pinout. So will it work with say a, a Genesis controller? It'll work. It should work with anything with multiple buttons. I see. I think that he just he, this this board remaps. Man, don't don't try and zoom do that. in. Eh? Yeah. Uh, it remaps the up to the button two. Pen, it looks like know. the Firefly Show uh, logo on there. Which I wonder if they paid for those rights. No, no, I that's so. I think that's a fine choice. Listen, good idea. Ten bucks, good price. Yeah. Where's yeah. this? Do we know where this is shipping from, Boat? Oh, you know, it this looks, is CommodoreForever.net. It doesn't immediately... It sounds southeastern Commodore, but are they the ones selling it? I mean, that, uh, yeah, that could and, be in and, America. And the southeastern... Holy smoke, South Carolina. Yeah, so this is shipping from the U.S. of A. Of course, Holy. this is a C64 product, not an Amiga product. No, no, so it's all the same. Is, yeah. Yeah, so, but it will work on the Amiga, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it'll. I'm sure it'll work. On Are you going to get you one of these, boats? Well, this could be is, your dream come true. Boat. I've already got the Delio, the, the Super you, Nintendo yeah, the thing. Super Nintendo you love thing. that thing, don't I love you? It. You need I love to it. you need to put a review down. And no one ever reviewed that you're, thing. You tell me that all the time, and you're you're right every time. I, know. I, I, I never. You're right every time because you've used it way more than I have. Yeah, yeah, it's great. All right, Aaron, our final story of the week. All right, the Amiga 600 is awesome in 2020. Uh, this comes to us from one of my buddies on Twitter, Todd's Nerd Cave. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Okay. And it's basically him just going through and talking about how great the Amiga 600 is, even in this day and age. Uh-huh. He goes through the, uh, all oh. the different adapters that you can get, yeah. the PCMCIA slot great. in there. Those are horrible. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, it, it, I did watch a little bit of this, and it, it's it's very entertaining. Um, this is that guy from Tenmark's video. I was going to say, that's the exact same At guy. At first, I was like, maybe it's just a guy that looks like him. But no, maybe him. he did the Listen, Zorro game. Maybe no, Todd. Maybe that, maybe that was another subject that, that he broached later on the video. Mm, maybe so. Yeah. Maybe so. But anyway, the Amiga 600, I can vouch for it. It still is awesome in Are you Now, yours is still working okay? The Amiga 600 is still broken in 2020. What's wrong with yours? Uh, I can't get Didn't it to work. 
Didn't we get this thing fixed already? It was working and then it stopped. So tomorrow night is computer club. Now wait a minute. When you say it's not working, how not working? Uh, Does it come on? Well, it's the GoTech. There's something wrong with the, the USB. Do you not know what you're doing with it, maybe? Maybe. Okay, good. <laughs> Let's hope that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it's user error. I'm sure that the system itself is fine. We should ask this guy. He knows. We should. We should. He looks like he'd be... He, he, he should he, be he, at a computer club He could walk down the stairs tomorrow and be yeah. walking with open arms. This is a friend of yours? Do you want to you want to bail him? I'll have to. Todd's Nerd Cave. All right. I'll send him a message and I invite him to computer club tomorrow. To, to Boat's Nerd Cave. Yeah. All right, Aaron. Let's talk about Jungle Strike. No. Let's not. We're not talking about jungle strike. It's desert strike. Desert, jungle, it's all the same. No, it's not. Deserts have no jungle. That's the whole point of a desert. Oh, you made right There's no vegetation there. there. Let's talk about desert strike. Return to the Gulf. The Gulf boats. So, we'd both played this one before, right? We did. In yeah. fact, I just played this about a month and a half ago. I'm glad I did, by the way. That's a good primer because I was a much better this time around than I was the last time. It is uh, it is sort of ironic that you had played this just out of nowhere. One of the rare live streams by me. Yeah. I hadn't played yeah. this one. So uh, this bad boy uh, released in 93. This was published and developed by EA. EA isn't known for having a big presence on the, the Amiga in terms, what? Of, in terms of development. One-on-one? Development. Bill they Budge? They didn't have much, but Madden is another one they had. All the early Amiga games, like they were one of the first big... They, But they didn't develop a lot of those. They, I'm talking as a developer. They published a lot more. I mean, I, I don't know. It's hard to know what is developed in, by EA Well, you can tell. I mean, EA. you can, if you look around, you can sort of tell most of the time. Because like all the early, like, you know, the games with the RPM, the record sleeves and stuff, yeah. I think these were all developed in-house at, at EA. No. It's not no, true. No, okay. no, no, okay. no, 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 no. So, <laughs> this game actually has an interesting story behind it, which we'll get to here in a moment. But let's go ahead and talk. Let's go ahead and knock out the particulars. Like I said, this came out in '93. Three discs. Uh, this is a one-player game. Now, the guy behind this game, the driving force, was a game a guy named Mike Posen. Okay, uh, who really had, this was sort of his first effort in general in terms of games. Right. Um, the uh, the guys that worked on this uh, were the artists on this thing, and the, or the coder was a guy named Dave Kalakoa. He had done another game called Myth, History in the Making. And another guy that worked on it, Gary Roberts, had done, uh, he worked on Madden and a game called Tanks with an X. Mm. Uh, and you had uh, a lot of the EA staff that came in and worked on this stuff, you know, that worked on a bunch of games. Uh, this is, of course, ECS, OCS, which keep that in mind, because we can complain about it later. Uh, and this got converted to a ton of stuff. Uh, and some of these I didn't even know. I was surprised to read a few of these, but the Lynx. I didn't know the Lynx got a copy of this. That'd be interesting. It would be interesting to see. Uh, the Game Boy got a copy of I'm this. I'm not surprised by that. The GBA, uh, the Super Nintendo, uh, DOS, which I have played the DOS version. The Game Gear got a copy of this. I guess you're going to do, do it for the Lynx. Yeah. Really I mean, this was really, 92 was probably like... Um, you know, the peak number of viable systems. Yeah. I mean, because you still had the 16 bits were still going strong, the 8-bit stuff and handheld form plus yeah. the computers. And you also had the uh, the Sega Master System had this. Yeah. yeah. Have you In played fact, that? No, but I watched a video of it, and it's quite good. Really? I was surprised at the level of detail that thing had. And, of course, this originated on the Genesis. Right. Uh, slash Mega Drive, uh, for those of you that, that, that uh, live in Europe. So what's the scoop on this on this crazy game? So again, this was the team was headed up by this guy Mike Posen, right? So this guy had had a company that EA bought, and he came in, and they're like, "Listen, what do we, 
you know, what am I doing here? And so Trip Hawkins himself said, listen, go make you a game for the Genesis. He's like, you know, Choplifter was a cool game. Do something like that where you rescue prison, rescue hostages. Mm-hmm. Bam. That was that's all that was it. I gave him. Mm-hmm. So this guy's like, all right, we're gonna do it. And so he went to make this game. Um, he actually brought in a guy. Uh, this, some of these crazy stories. He brought in his buddy to help him model the vehicles in this game, and his buddy was a full-time dentist. But, really? Yeah, but he had some 3D modeling work, so they brought him in. Well, he did an amazing job. And it worked on the it worked on the uh, uh, the 3D modeling. And then what he didn't like the way it looked after he shrunk it down, so he, he went in there and just hand drew it. But the people at EA were like, "No, no, these models are fine. We're going to use these." And so that's where the the vehicles came from. The actual graphical engine on this, which is amazing engine, uh, which is a, 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 a how would you call it an ISO view with a that's a, a open world. I guess yeah. is the best way to put it. Uh, and he developed this thing. He developed the engine for this. Uh, it's called the Snafu engine, that's what he called it. And he uh, he uh, wanted to make sure you could get a, the, the engine would make it so your chopper stayed fairly centralized and you could see as much of the screen as, po- as you possibly could. That was his big thing. And they uh, and they designed the chopper physics stuff around this engine, and they designed it, he said he designed it to the way people thought a chopper would handle, not the way an actual chopper handles. Good move on his part. Now, I don't know how an actual chopper handles, but it feels good. Well, I can tell you this, it definitely doesn't handle with you uh, like 50 feet outside and slightly too above it. Something else it doesn't do is when you ram it into a mountain, it doesn't stay aloft. <laughs> it doesn't we could, just bounce off. If only it would. We could all be pilots. So we were talking about this earlier uh, the uh, about the, uh, the, the Desert Strike, the Gulf War thing. This game actually came in the concept before we even invaded Iraq. Really? Yeah. Wow. And it was good. They were going to base, get this, they were going to base this thing on the Lebanese Civil War. And it was going to be called Beirut, or Beirut Breakout. Sounds like a disco hit. By the way, Beirut Breakout, no good. <laughs> That's a bad name. And so uh, uh, John Manley, one of the guys that worked with us, and also Poland, Posen said this too in an interview. They were watching TV when this crap went down. And they were like, crap, we, we, it's actually happening. Right, oh, God. Right, right. And then they, so they were, they changed it basically. Uh, and so that's so that's how this whole game came to be. That yeah, the whole theme of it, they rethemed it uh, with the, with the whole desert thing in there. So a lot of people may or may not know. It's funny. I was watching our Discord and people were sort of debating which versions of this they like the best. I'm not yeah. gonna get too much into it, but the manual states this, and also in an interview I read stated that the uh, when they converted this to, they were upset that when they did this in the Genesis, there was only they had like a they didn't have enough memory to work with. Mm-hmm. So when they went to the Amiga and had all these extra resources, they redid all the colors. They they used a bunch of tricks to make stuff look better. They redrew and repainted all the cutscenes. So the Amiga version is sort of the enhanced version. Now, it's, yeah, which I mean, if only that would have happened on every Genesis to Amiga port, we'd be living in a different world where yeah. instead of just making a quick and dirty port, they actually use the resources yeah. of the machine to well, make it better. Some people say that the Amiga version, and I, again, I haven't played the Genesis versions for a long time, so I don't know if you have, but some people say that the Amiga version is 
too much slower mm -hmm. than a Genesis version. Again, I don't have any. Yeah, well, there is. I, I played the Super Nintendo version, yeah. and there is a difference in speed, but it's not night and day. And I don't have a problem with the speed of this. I think this thing yeah. runs fine. They also went in and added additional sound effects, uh, and they actually took like some of the sounds directly out of like videos of showing these weapons and oh, stuff. Okay. So that they actually, so cool. They actually touched this stuff up quite a bit, which I thought was interesting. Um, so. Let's talk about the game here, now that we've kind of went into the background a little bit. So, what is Desert Strike Return of the Gulf? You are, the plot of this game, let's go with the plot, because you sort of have to know that. So, this game opens with an elaborate series of cutscenes, mm -hmm. right? which you know I love. This is very, this part's almost like a CinemaWare in yeah, some way. Yeah, it's like CinemaWare, but an actual game. So, the, the, yeah, the game opens up with this guy named uh, Killbaba. All right now, Kill Bob. By the way, they, by the way, believe it or not, they changed his name in Super Nintendo version. Did you know that? What because they, they can't have it? Kill in there. Oh, okay. In okay. the Super Nintendo version, he's Mubaba. Okay. Okay. So Kill Baba has seized control of an unnamed fictional. I don't know how they can say fictional if it's unnamed. A Gulf state. He he made. They him should a, have gave it a name. Yeah. He Mubaka made him. He, he's the dictator, and he starts fortifying positions with military weapons. Right. And so your job is to go over and stop Kill Baba's forces. Uh, and you're the only guy we send, by the way, and and, and that's all you need, right? Because we're America, and your job is to go over and through a series of missions to take to disable all of his defenses, blow up all of his artillery, and just generally take him out. Um, when, there's a great cutscene I just love so much where Kilbaba, he's only got one follower, and it's, his follower looks like a, a young Michael Jackson and like a, a, a like a Cuban like. Uh, Outfit and kill Baba's outfit. He's got this like uh, red. He looks like a professional wrestler. He's got. This, I mean, he's got a red beret on. It has like seven stars, yeah. and he's. It just looks like it's. It looks like a wrestling bad guy yeah. from the Middle East. Yeah, exactly. Even the name says mm -hmm. like. But he's like he's ranting and raving to this one guy, and the very first thing the guy says, he's like, "Why haven't you done this?" And the guy's like, "I I love my wife and kids, sir. I don't want to see them killed." And he kill Bobby goes, "Why?" And he smacks the tar out of him. You know, it, well, so, you know, as best they can with like mm -hmm. four frames. He's like, "Do as I say. You're next." The guy's like, "Okay." <laughs> and all the cutscenes are just. They're so stupid. That's one thing. It's hard to take it too seriously right. because, listen, I know this guy's based on Saddam Hussein, but I can guarantee you that Saddam's a more competent, calmer man than this guy. <laughs> this guy's out of his mind. And so, once it changes from that cutscene, you go to the scene where you're on the carrier, and you're, they're like, okay, here's your mission. It's got that fat general up mm -hmm. there with a stick, and yep. you're guys sitting in the seat drinking coffee. Mm -hmm. and right he, out of Wing Commander. Yeah. <laughs> he goes to the map. You're going to be doing this and that mm -hmm. and whatnot. And then you basically go to the main screen where you can pick a co-pilot and you can get, and you can get everything set up and you, and you take off and that's where the game begins what were your thoughts when you booted this up what did you think about the presentation the music oh everything everything in the in the pre-game was top-notch it i mean the music's awesome and, too. and to be honest with you i'd never i played this game plenty of times before yeah. but i always skipped right by i know it, stuff. i was hoping you'd watched it yeah and uh and this time i was like well i've got to i've got to be able to talk about this so i'm yeah. gonna watch it and i'm so glad i did yeah um i mean it's not it's not animated you know it's no. it's, it's, it's it's like a series of still shots but the characters are just so colorful you know it's the slap so is the almost and it's like a frame or two of yeah. slapping this guy yeah. um i was I, I was very happy going into this thing yeah yeah, you want you you want to destroy this. This guy's the bumbling idiot dictator of the Middle East, right? So, and then of course you then you go in and you could pick your co-pilot. Now I didn't get too involved. In fact, I didn't really care. 
I know some are better than others. I did, yeah, I did, I, that was one aspect of the game where I didn't really. I didn't yeah, really I, I didn't mess with too. it too much. I've done it before where you go through. It's got their bios you can look through. So then there's a scene. Uh, once you go to train, there's a scene of you guys getting on the chopper, which is pretty cool. And the music's playing. The music for this is straight out of like, uh, it's like they, they watched uh, 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 one of the old uh, 80s uh, air movies, you know, and, and they were like, yeah, we're going to use that kind of music because it's like, you know, it's got this real kind of epic right. electric feel. It's really good. Mm. It fits it fits this cheesy thing perfectly. Right. Right. You know, and that anytime you hear music in this, it's not normal Amiga style music. In fact, it reminded me a lot of the music in Madden. I'd wager that I bet my bottom dollar that that guy did the music in Madden too. He did, mm. and Road Rash. He did that too. So, mm. but you know, Madden had this kind of it had a different sort of music in it. This has that same kind of, and it, there's several different tunes. There's not a tune that plays while you're on the mission, but they're they're in the me, me, menus and stuff. You, you see the music. So once you've got your chopper set up, you're ready to go. You start the first mission. You start off on your aircraft carrier. You, you come up and you take off, and you're you can go wherever you want uh, in this mission. Now, um, to figure out what you're doing, you hit F10, and you get the screen that has all the info. Right. It's got your status. It's got the amount of weapons you got left. It's got your fuel. It's got your armor. It's got a map. Maps on there. The map, you can flip through all the different objectives. Because there'll it's, be like six or seven it missions. It reminded me of SimCity, where you look at the different layovers. Oh, is it? Know? Yeah. It's oh. very similar to that. Now, this map uh, is great. Yeah. It's funny. When I played this a couple of months ago, I had no idea how you get to this map. And so I, I went out. It was a slam-bam operation. This time, I was prepared. Because one thing this game does is it, it sets you up, like in the first mission, I think there's like six objectives. The first objective, blow up the satellite dish mm -hmm. and take out their radar. The second objective, take out their... Power station. Their power station. Then you got to take out their air their airports, mm -hmm. all right? And so you're doing these, and you can do them in any order you want, but it recommends you do them in the order they're presented. Yeah, and it gives you rationale, too. It's like you want to destroy their radar because it decreases the artillery range. Right, right, like right. And so... You're, and it sends you out. And you're going to be flipping this map a lot because when you're in this chopper, it's kind of hard to tell where you're at. At least I had trouble. I use the map all the time. Yeah, though. yeah. Well, you got to remember, you're flying around the desert. There's not a whole lot of landmarks. Yeah, you know? and also, I mean, they do do it. There, I will say there's a road that winds through this desert, mm -hmm. and you can use that. I use the road to do most of my tracking wherever I could. Now, once you start on your missions... Like, and these missions sort of have a, and I, I got, I don't know how far you got in this game. I got almost to the end of the second level. Before oh, you I got much farther than I yeah. did. Yeah. Uh, so when you're going through this, it, there's, a, there's, a, there's a way you do these, uh, it, they progress a certain way. And mm -hmm. here's the way I saw it, maybe, you, and you'll see it otherwise. You've got three different weapons. You've got your cannon, your bullets. Mm -hmm. right? You've got your Hydra missiles. All right. Then you've got your Hellfire missile. I think it's the other... Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. right. Yeah. The Hellfire missiles, you're, they ain't kidding. So what I would do is I would use my guns for ground targets, vehicles, uh, small stuff. Because the guns... If you try to shoot other stuff with the gun, it takes forever. Then I would use my Hydra missiles for uh, like, a gun, like missiles, launchers, tanks, uh, stuff like that. You know, or, uh, jets... Bigger stuff, and then I would use my Hellfire missiles for buildings, or if I need to take something out real quick, that's well, when you drop the Hellfire. Yeah, on. I mean, to me, you can you can take stuff. 
the way I approach this game is is the level of threat dictated what kind of weapon I'd use. Oh, so you didn't use, like, I only use Hellfires on buildings. You did it, well, you used Hellfires wherever you thought you were really threatened. Right, yeah. right, because uh, I didn't, I mean, you can see where all your ammo dumps are all over the screen, but the thing is, when you fly out to to pick up more ammo, you're meeting more threats. Yeah. So at some point, you know, and with, with buildings, if, you're, if you've already destroyed all the threats, you can take out a building with cannons. It'll take you a while, yeah. but you can do it. So I, that's the way I approach. Well, the way, like I said, I, I I use them for specific situations, and for me, it was situational. Now, I'm not going to lie and say occasionally if I if, if things went south, I'd use the Hellfire. But I found the Hellfire missiles to be overkill on on, oh, yeah. on stuff that wasn't buildings. The, well, they'll they'll take out stuff in one or two shots most yeah. of the time. So your chopper flies around this desert, and like I said, you go you get your map up, you go toward your objectives. Now, I used the the uh, uh, space bar. I think everyone did too. Go between the weapons. Which no, is, I didn't do that. How did you do it? I'm pretty sure that I used numeric keys on uh, like the one, two, oh. and three to switch between. Them. I used. I, I used think the, that I did that. I used the space bar to go through them. So you and you're just three weapons, so it's not that tough. Oh well, yeah, three weapons. So you're out in the desert. What are you doing out there? Well, you're going after your objectives. You're also looking for p like uh, for people that are stranded out there that need help. And occasionally you hear someone audibly going, "Help! Help!" Mm -hmm. And you, if you, and sometimes it's hard to see them. But you'll, you you'll hear, around, you'll hear other things too. Right. You'll, like whenever you're low on fuel. Oh yeah, the computer talks. Yeah. yeah, the computer talks to you constantly in yeah. this game. And so uh, when you when you see a guy on the ground, you kind of hover over, and a ladder comes out. Right. Picks him up. And this is what uh, this is one of the things that's genius about yes, this game. Yes, absolutely. You don't have to press H to lower your ladder. You don't. It's all contextual. Whenever the game sees that the, you're near something, it will lower the appropriate deal. Yeah, because if you're near a uh, an item, you can use it lowers like a hook. Right. And picks him up. Right. This is great, mm -hmm. and it gives the game a lot more depth, which I'll explain in a moment. Because aside from just going through and blowing crap up. There are also missions where you have to rescue hostages, uh, rescue prisoners after you've broken them out of jail. Uh, one of my favorite missions are where you go blow up some crap, and then you'll see this dude run out, and you have a guy at the bottom of the ladder that grabs him and pulls him up. Mm -hmm. He's a he's an enemy. You're going to grill him for information. Mm -hmm. And the, the way that they do this, too, is, is great, where they don't have, like, health pickups like there's not like a first aid kit which is like you know how are you going to how is that going to help your helicopter yeah. instead whenever you rescue uh, POWs and you bring them back to the loading area that heals your helicopter of course that doesn't make any sense either but it's a good reason to do that stuff and it's more than just shooting fuel to fuel up you know you've got to pick stuff up I really like that aspect and you can hold I don't think there's a limit to the amount of people you can hold because I've held a ton of people <sighs> Boy, if, if there's question. a limit I've never yeah. seen it uh, so Aside from picking up hostages, aside from this, so you're, when you're driving out in the desert, it's not like you're just driving, driving around scot-free. There's crap after you, all right? It ranges from a dude with a gun on the ground, like your lowest-end guy, all the way up, to, at least to where I got, with, with, with tanks and anti-aircraft missiles and uh, uh, mobile gun turrets, mm -hmm. you know, coming after you. So it, 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 gets, it gets pretty nasty. One of my least favorite things is when you destroy a building and then out of the rubble there will arise a guy with a rocket launcher yes. and he'll fire at your uh, fire at your helicopter. Those guys are actually amongst the most dangerous things yeah. in the game, and there's nothing worse than cruising through this game and getting shot down by one of these little suckers mm -hmm. that have one of these freaking uh, uh, you know missile launchers on their shoulder. Uh, it's it's annoying. Now, 
the game has flourishes that I love. All right, I want to get get these in before I forget. Uh, you'll occasionally come across a tower with a guy in it. You shoot the tower, and the guy will he'll do the old railing kill fall. Ah, <laughs> fall to his death. You'll come across official buildings that have like enemy flags. You can blow up the building, and just for fun, you can shoot the flag, and the flag blows up too. Stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got uh, guys at guard posts opening and closing the little guard post thing. Mm -hmm. You can blow that crap up. You can literally blow up just about anything in this game. It is. This is like, and you're gonna. I know you hate this game, but I got the same sort of feeling in this that I got when I played Walker. Just it's wholesale violence on, on a grand scale. See a guy out there with a gun. He's shooting in the desert. You can shoot him with a cannon, or you can turn on a Hellfire missile and just scorch this sucker, mm -hmm. like leave him melted on the ground, mm -hmm. just for fun, if mm -hmm. you just feel like doing it. Uh, you can do all kinds of fun stuff. You can blow up every building. You can just do everything, and it makes it great. Now, how did you approach, when you? because of the map, you can sort of, you know sort of when you're the things are going to get hot, plus you get an audible warning. Right. How did you approach your these various uh, enemy uh, camps and whatnot? What was your strategy? Well, I tried to play very methodically. Uh -huh. you, you sort of have to. Yeah. Um, so if you, you try and uh, arrange yourself so you can, um, you know, you want to put the the enemy as far out of their range as you can while still being able to hit them. Uh, the the trouble is is that your your range is never explicitly spelled out. So you always kind of have to guess, am I aiming in the right general direction? Plus the overall, the isometric view makes it kind of difficult to target things. Yeah, now yeah. I will say that this is, I mean, the fact that this guy developed this engine himself, I mean, this is one of the best engines for a game like this, I think, that has ever existed. It's out, yeah, Because it doesn't lock the, it doesn't lock your helicopter in one place. You know, you're moving around the screen, but when you move, it does. I, I, uh, when you said that he developed it so you could see as much of the screen as possible, it really does a great job. However, I really would have appreciated a uh, reticle on this. Yeah. You know, whereas as you're rolling up, you can see, okay, well, this is how close I need to be. And this is, I'm going to make sure. Because the Hellfire missiles, you only have like eight of them to start with. I mean, they'll be gone before you know. Yeah. And you have, I held, I, I never used those unless it was a building or if I was in dire trouble. Mm -hmm. Now, this game isn't perfect. There are things that could be, could have been done better. Uh, and of course, the game, it was a first, and so you're not going to have everything perfect the way you want it. But it, is, it, it does get annoying to have to repeatedly flash back to your map. Yeah. This could have been I'll, solved I'll, in a couple ways. What do you got? Go ahead. Well, I'll tell you my, my main problems with yeah. this game is, one, I hate the fact that when you blow up a building, if you fire one extra time, you'll explode the pickup that's in it. Yes. Well, I think that's fair, though. I don't mind that too much. I don't think that's fair because if you destroy the building, there's no way that fuel that's in there you're just going to be able to hook right, it up with your Right, but it's just it's an extra game element. I mean, I, yes, it is frustrating. Okay. I'll grant you that. I didn't like the fact that the computer is constantly talking to you all the time. Low fuel, low fuel. You know, your damage, your damn that that was lame. Get that was that. that was very much like the Jaguar game. <laughs> Where did you oh yeah, the fly? tank game. Yeah. yeah. Um, the third thing is this game really needs some overlays, and you were going that way with the map. Yeah, and and they've purposely, I think, kept the screen fairly empty. You, right. There's it, a notification if your armor is low or mission accomplished mm -hmm. or you've cr done something that they like, but generally they leave the screen pretty much free of stuff, yeah. which is good. But uh, what I, at bare minimum, what I would like to have seen is a way to set waypoints. Mm -hmm. That would that way you don't have to have the map on the screen, but you still know where you're going. Here's what I would have liked to have seen. 
I would have liked to have seen an ammo gauge. Give me three, three little things, you know, and tell me how many shots I have left of each. Give me my fuel and give me my damage. Yeah. You know, that would take up a row of like 15 pixels on the bottom of the screen. I'm okay with not having a layover map. You know, it, 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 of course, in a perfect world, you'd want to have that. Um, being able to set waypoints, that would have been genius. That would have been a, would have been a way um, to have your cake and eat it, too. Right, right. Because, I mean, although, really, ideally, in an ideal world, and this wasn't something you saw it much back in the day, one of those see-through maps would have been dandy. Mm -hmm. It would have been yep. dandy to put right there. Right. But I got so used to hitting F10 mm -hmm. that I, and switching weapons that I just sort of did it without thinking. Yeah. You yeah, know, and, uh, and the thing is, I don't mind the, uh, you know, when we get to the, the Discord reviews, a lot of people bring up the fact that when you play this on a console, each weapon is mapped to a button. Yeah. Uh, I didn't mind not having that one, because I always forgot which button was which when I played this on console, and I constantly be wasting my hellfires. Yeah. And two, I kind of felt like it added to the realism a little bit. Like, when you're in a cockpit, you know, and you want to switch to a different weapon, you punch that, that, that I number. I can't believe you, know? you said that, because I, I was in the car, but I was thinking about very thing. Mm -hmm. This in a, in, a, in, a, in a chopper, I don't necessarily want all the weapons mapped to my, <laughs> to my stick. Because yeah. I, you know, like you said, and I will say, you're right. How many times were you flipping? Uh, you were using the number keys. I was using the space bar, but I, I flipped to the wrong weapon a bunch of times. But it, you've got this game generally isn't. I would usually switch weapons before I went into heavy combat, mm -hmm. and so because I knew something was coming, and then I would be prepared. I didn't do it like generally. I didn't do it during combat, right? Right. And so this game is a action game with points of downtime where you can. I'm not. I know people are going like, oh, they're making excuses because of the one button. I, this, I, you I, know that I am not going to make excuses. Well, I know for you're one not, button. but I'm saying, I know people that are that like the console version, and there's nothing wrong with the console version. No. Don't get me wrong, and there's nothing wrong with having multiple buttons. Hey, I would like to have had a button just for the map. Mm -hmm. That would have been fine with that me. That would have been great, you know, or at a button just to cycle through the uh, the weapons. Yeah, and I would I'd say, rather have a cycle button than I would have the weapons map. Yeah, and honestly. if you play if you play the WSG load version, uh, the, the 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 second button does cycle through your weapons. Oh yeah, I oh, but wow, just cool. like you said. Um, the uh, if you play on like I played on the SNES, the start button brings up the map, and that was way more useful than anything else. Just yeah, because yeah. it was lame having to get to the map all the time. But these are, I think, these are <coughs> issues that of a game of this era on the Amiga, it's not a big deal. Yeah. And for me, that that was nowhere near a deal breaker. So let's just cut to the chase. Uh, I had this game back in the day. And I never really played it that much. I'll be honest with you, because I didn't like it. I, I was used to stuff like Silkworm, so we just go in there and just go crazy like mm -hmm. a shooter. And this ain't a shooter, man. This is something else. And when I played this a couple months ago for the first time in a long time, I really started to dig it. And when I played it this week, I think this is one of my favorite games. It's very good. It's, it's very good. It's got it's got great graphics. I mean, our, listen, OCS. Mm -hmm. I mean, we we're gonna get into it. Hey. This engine, it works great. Yeah. It looks great. Mm -hmm. It's got cheesy, it's got my kind of cutscenes. Mm -hmm. Wacky, idiotic cutscenes of garbage. Mm -hmm. The missions, they do... Now, I didn't get past the second level, and I think there's only four levels on this. They're, they're not mega, mega, 50-hour long. Like, you can sort of get there, you know? It does have a way to skip missions already completed with the code, so it's got that under its belt. It's 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 fun. It's got action. This has got to be one of the one of the top Amiga 
action games, I mean, full stop. I think this is great. I think it looks great on the Amiga. It plays great. I don't think the button thing's a hindrance. It's got all the little touches that I like. Like I said, it's got the it's got the little guys talking. It's got audio. It's got yeah. music. It's got awesome explosions. Yeah. Now I will say the people that are very familiar with this game will tell you that the consoles allow you to stop stop completely your motion and strafe, and they say that in the later levels that becomes more essential. Uh, and uh, but for me, I never made it past the first level, but I still had a blast. This is an example of a game that I will come back to over and over again, and I don't care that I can't beat the first level because playing the game is so much fun. What you should do, I don't know if you if the thing you used had it. I've got a floppy version of this that has a trainer on it, and mm -hmm. you can turn off the fuel, you can turn off the armor, and you could put yourself with unlimited ammo. Yeah. So if you just want to go through here and tear through it like a, a freaking maniac... Which, you can do it. Which I did. I also did that, but I, just, I, I didn't finish it, but I played the heck out of it. It's neat. Now, I, there are things... I'd like to see better. I'd like to see also more terrain would be nice. Different, like, but I mean, yeah, I mean, and I, it's not a long game, you know. I'd like to see more, but I mean, they ended up releasing a ton of these, not for the Amiga, unfortunately, but they've got Jungle Strike and Soviet Strike. And you know you what know. I would love to see is this engine, but give me the the ground <laughs> movement and variety of a game like Alcon, where you've got tanks rolling across the fields yeah. and different cars and cities and things like this that. This engine was underutilized. I mean, they could have done a lot of different things with this. Uh, I, 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 it's an awesome, it works great. And it, you, and the thing is, the chopper's awesome looking. Mm -hmm. All the stuff you shoot's awesome looking, and you've got room to look around. Yeah. One thing we've noticed on games like this is like they, the, it's like a postage stamp. You can't see too uh, mm -hmm. enough. This one, you I mean, don't get me wrong. There'll be some cheap shots coming in. You'll usually get shot, but I mean, that's why it helps to know where you're going. Right. Like when you get near, let's say, a, a satellite dish, you know for certain there's going to be a stationary missile launcher mm -hmm. near that thing. Mm -hmm. You know, or and or like when you're busting somebody out of prison, you know there's going to be tanks rolling in. Right. And you've got to be prepared. You know, while you wait for those prisoners to come out. I also like stuff like. In mid-mission, if you rescue certain guys, there'll be a cutscene. Mm -hmm. Hey, you rescued. Yeah. This is the lost co-pilot. This is a guy who has information as to where this is. This is you've, you've, this is a POW. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and listen, these cutscenes aren't like full motion animation, like awesome, but they're still but they're, they're neat, and they know? kind of break yeah. stuff up a little I bit. I agree with you 100. Remember what was that game that we played a couple weeks ago that was set in the jungle? There was like a choplifter clone. I remember it. Yeah. So this game is the exact opposite of that game in every sense of the word. Like you couldn't see anything you in that game. You couldn't control yeah, it. You couldn't control it. There were no cut. This is the game right here. This is what you want if you want a helicopter game. Stop and start at Desert Strike. So we agree on one. Yeah. It finally, yeah. it hasn't, I wonder if it'll ever happen again. Um, I should mention that uh, uh, when this was developed, uh, the uh, this guy, uh, uh, Posen, the, he wrote this game uh, in uh, 68,000 assembly language. I found this in an interview. Uh, in, uh, in, the, in the World Builder in C++, and he did it all on a Mac. I hate to say it. Well, and he connected the Mac directly to a Sega Genesis with a writable cartridge. No, oh. so that's the way he that's the way he made this thing. Uh, he was loosely he was more he was involved in Jungle Strike, and then as the other ones came out, there's Soviet Strike, mm -hmm. and there's a couple Nuclear more. Nuclear Strike. Yeah, he was loosely involved in those. There was one coming out that was going that was proposed called Future Strike. Which mm. seems, that seems interesting, but it never happened. Maybe it'd be like Blue Max 2001. It, 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 it morphed into another game, mm. and, which, and he was sort of out of the loop on that one. Anyway, I give this one a thumbs up. So let's see what the um, the mags thought about this one, Boaster. Um, 
Lemon, you love them. I do love them. 8.29. Pretty good. This game, I'm just going to cut to the chase, widely loved. Yeah, not, um, not surprised. Amiga Action gave it a 90. Amiga Computing gave it a 93. Amiga Format 87. Amiga Magazine, 8 out of 10. Amiga Power, 92. CU Amiga, 93. Now, it's funny. You know, they always list a bunch of extra scores like they would review it when it got on budget. Mm-hmm. Some, this is one of the few games I've seen that some of the game reviews were like 95 and 96. It went up on a couple. So it sort of aged well. There was actually someone that reviewed this in 97. So that's five years after it came out. Mm-hmm. And they still gave it a good score. Um, so it was pretty well regarded. What did the, what did our crew think on this one? Uh, let's see. Chris Fold says, If I hadn't such riches, I could live with being poor. This is a game I owned and finished back in the day on the SNES. And late last year, I did the same on the Mega Drive. So I was curious to see how the Amiga version turned out. The graphics and sound are on par, and even in places better than the console counterparts, but it loses out in the most important way, controls and playability. The console versions with multiple buttons feel intuitive and are a joy to play. On this version, I constantly felt hampered and let down due to the single button madness, and don't even mention the disc loading uh, times. That's one thing we did. I, actually, I did play this on the GoTech, because uh-huh. I got that GoTech. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it, But, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's no worse than most things that are three discs, if right. you put it that way. Right. Um, let's see. If you don't own, if you didn't own or since own a console, you probably think this is great. But if you play the others, you'll soon realize it's the poor cousin. Six out of ten. Lord Soup agrees with him. Uh, let's see. Ricky Drosher says, hands down, hands down, one of the best Amiga console ports. The graphics have been redone in 64 color, extra bright, extra half bright mode, and the sound effects and music get a major boost as well. Is extra half bright mode the blast processing of the Amiga? Listen, who are you talking to? I'm half the bright game, myself. The game itself shines as well. 10 out of 10. Wow. from Ricky, who's with us in the chat right now. Pixels of Dawn, also with us in the chat, says, I decided to do a platform comparison with this one, fully expecting the consoles to blow the Amiga away. I was pleasantly surprised. The Amiga has much more detailed graphics and animation, and the sound is worlds apart, with the consoles sounding quite primitive in places. Overall, the Amiga seems to have gone for a more serious-feeling approach. I'm not sure... Uh, whereas the console versions favor a more arcadey feel. I much prefer the Amiga's more measured tactical movement to the quick-moving Apache on the consoles, but this may not be by design. The consoles add a nice hover mode to the controls, which add a bit of strafing and put the weapons on separate buttons, but the main movement controls remain the same. Unfortunately, on all platforms, the game is extremely hard, with the Apache very easy to take down right from the off but still a downright classic wherever you play it, if you can stay alive long enough. Eight out of ten. Yeah. You know, he mentions the tactical feel of this. It does feel tactical. And and one thing, since we've got a... Uh, since you've got these various missions you can do, it, you really have to look through the missions early. Right. And see, okay, this one... Because some of these things will take you back and forth across the entire zone, mm-hmm. and there's your fuel gone. You really have to sort of... There's a, there's a strategy element involved. I don't know if it's in the console version. Like I said, I didn't play it. But in this version, you really have to sit down and kind of plan what you're going to do. Yeah. Like on the first level, I'd played it enough times. Okay, I'm going to do this, this, and I can do it in this order. And it, and if you do it in a certain way, you can conserve fuel. And, if, and you also know where the, the enemy gun turrets and stuff are. It, it So it does. And it's fun. And so it's an action game with strategy elements. Not Absolutely. bad. Um. Do we have anything else in Discord? Nope. Okay. Uh, the uh, I did look this up on the eBay 
Uh, and you can get this in the USA, 15 buckaroos for a box one. Not bad. Reasonable. And in the UK, of course, 12 to $33. And there are plenty available because this was a big, big seller. Oh, I should mention, at the time this was released, this was the biggest selling EA game of all the time. Mm -hmm. So when this came out, think about it. This is the guy's first... Not bad. He did all right. I, I would have quit while I was ahead. Not bad. He did pretty good. So, yeah, but this one's out there. They sold a zillion of these. All right, Aaron, let's talk a little bit about what's been going on on our YouTube channel. Lots. Yeah. Lots of stuff. In fact, there's stuff there I haven't even seen yet. You played Mr. Do. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we'll start things off with uh, the latest uh, Iris and Claire episode. Aaron, we talked about Cabal. Yes. Uh, this was a this is a very unique arcade port, uh, sort of where it's an, like an Operation Wolf, except you can see your guy. You know, I want to make it a little append to my look at this, because mm -hmm. I went back and played this, believe it or not, again. You know, I mentioned there that you didn't some like in the arcade version, all the console versions, you always get in a lot of loads you get to stand behind this wall, and in mine I didn't get a wall. Well, I went back and played this again, and my there is a wall. But the wall was gone so quickly, yeah, I wouldn't you, even you notice immediately it. You blow it up, yeah. So, so I will say there is a wall. It's just it's a, it's paper mache wall. <laughs> uh, let's see what else we have. We have a new episode of um, let's see the Tandy TRS eighty model computer. Oh, we actually I think we talked about this last week. This is all. Uh, no, it's not. This yes, this came no. out after yeah. last. Yeah, after me, last week on yeah. ARG presents last week. Me and the Brent. It was a very unique and fun episode where we looked at the Tandy Terrace 80 Model 100, which is a sort of a uh, bizarre early laptop. I guess is the best we could put it with sort of an LCD screen. And we, it's funny, we uh, didn't, when we picked it, we didn't know what it was. And then we found out there were only, as far as we could tell, there's one commercial game ever made for it. Uh, and we played, so we just went out and played a bunch of basic games that were made for it. We had a good time. I had a lot of fun uh, putting this together. We had a lot of fun playing it. And, uh, all the all for one of our few times where all the footage in this is all original. We had to do it all ourselves. So if you're interested in seeing just a wacky, I mean, off the wall computer, this is your show right here. We had a good time. And if you can, be sure and watch the video version because Aaron has actually done an excellent job. He he filmed footage of himself playing this and then overlaid it into a real picture of, of the Model 100 as if it were playing right on the screen behind it. It's very impressive. You like that? I do. I love it. <laughs> I thought it was fun. All right, Aaron. Uh, I did some Atari games. Uh, some of these have not been released yet, but the one that has, I did a, uh, you know, the Atari age has a high score club. Uh -huh. and I thought, well, I want to enter some of these. They do it multiple rounds. You have no it's a chance. Big deal. Oh, no, I've got no chance at all. <laughs> but I sat down with Joust. Man, that is a funky color oh, scheme. Oh, yeah, that's, that's well, you, much better. You know, the Atari goes through a screensaver mode where it inverts the colors. Oh, so is like that the, what it was yeah, going on yeah, there? That's what okay. was okay. I was going to say, surely that didn't mean for it to look no, like that. No, 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 no. But I had, a, I had a good time with Joust. I played my best game in the first game, but I still did not do very well. It looks well. pretty good. Yeah. I yeah. like the uh, the uh, uh, contours and, and the detail and the actual base of the stone. It looks mm -hmm. good. Yeah. Very cool. Um, let's see, uh, we, if you're at all interested in some Coco action, uh, I took some footage of Berserk, otherwise known as Haywire, after he was uh, probably sent a letter. Uh, you can tell uh, you play this on your Coco 3. Yes, I did Because those, on the those screens right there are supposed to say stuff, but they don't work around the Coco yeah, 3. Yeah, right. And the score also does not yeah. work on the Coco 3. <laughs> but uh, if you're at all interested in what a Berserk clone looks like on the Coco, and also stay tuned on our channel because uh, in a couple of weeks we'll have a Berserk episode. And uh, we had a new episode of the Atari, our new Atari podcast, episode two, 1200XL, 
took a look at Miner 2049er. It's uh, the best. One of our favorite games with an interesting story. Speaking of the Coco, the programmer started out as a Radio Shack employee. I love that. Yeah. I wish he'd actually made this. The co you can't tell me the Coco 3 couldn't handle this. I'm All pretty sure it I'm sure have. Yeah, and I'm, it might have even made, if the Coco 3 would have lasted a couple more years, I'm sure there would have been a port come out for it. You know, we should also mention, because I, I was even I was surprised because I had post-dated it for so long in the future. The very After all these months, the very last episode of the Thanks for Giving Marathon has been released by me. Spin number 12. Actually, this has two spins in it, uh, the, but it has all the, it has the, it's the end of the marathon. If you want to see uh, me, Brent, and the boat playing some, this time we play modern games on classic consoles. We played uh, the Angry Video Game Nerd Boxing on Atari, and I, what was the name of that other game? It was really impressive. Yeah, there was, it was, a, it was a NES game. That's it, right yeah, there. Uh, and it was something like Wizards or something like that. But, uh, but yeah, it was Brent. Brent, I guess, had, had kickstarted this and been following it, and uh, very, very cool game. But by the way, this is another game that has those little graphics yeah, and jumping yeah, around. This, this is so. exactly like what. Although you were this saying. looks really good and it played good too, so that, yeah. that was a lot of fun. So yeah, but that's the end of that. So look forward to thanks for giving uh, 2020 coming up after right near Thanksgiving. Now, Aaron, I sat down with uh, <laughs> with, yes. with Lord British himself. Oh, Not did really. you? The spirit of Lord British. Oh, yeah? How much did that help you? It didn't help me too much. <laughs> I sat down and I played two hours of Ultima Five, And I feel like after those two hours, I knew exactly as much about Ultima Five as I did before those two hours began. It's funny. Ultima Five was like the last of the old school Ultimas mm -hmm. before they kind of modernized the heck out of it. And it's... I remember playing Ultima Two. Way, way back. My buddy was like, we got to play some Ultima 2. And I remember back then, I was just like, what the hell am I looking at here? <laughs> and he had this big map and stuff, but I had no idea what was yeah, happening. Yeah. I, I have just dipped my pinky in this thing. I, I'm going to get into it hard this week. But I'll tell you, it's it's a check out the stream because it's a good time. The, the chat gives me a lot of help. Wing Chun Wolf is an Ultima expert, so he, he helped me along too. And uh, and so you got lucky there. But it's funny because for everybody that I talk to, they're like Ultima is the best. Oh, and then they are like, and I'm like, cool. What about Ultima Five? And they're like, well, that's kind of the one I skipped. <laughs> so we'll see what we'll see how that works. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now uh, I haven't got to watch this yet. When did this? Yeah, pop? just yesterday. Chris Folds, the one and only Chris Folds. There it is. Celebrated. What a handsome devil he is. Oh, yeah. Fitness man. Celebrated 20 years of the PlayStation 2 with a retrospective. Can you believe the PlayStation 2 is 20 years old, Aaron? You know, I celebrated 20 years of the PlayStation 2. I hacked the crap out of it. Is that what I put you a hard drive in that sucker. Then I, I celebrated some more with a bunch of pirated crap. I stuck on the hard drive. <laughs> the PlayStation 2 was... Um, did you buy one of these things when they were new? I got one at the uh, uh, antique store in Nitro okay. for $7. So you did not buy one of these when they were new? No. Okay. Well, I did. And uh, and it was it was not a good investment. I don't think that I... <laughs> Everyone I, loved this. You, you didn't know, like I, it? I much, most, of the most of my time with the PS2, I spent playing PS1 games. Uh, Dragon Quest Nine, I played a ton of. Of course, no one can stop Mr. Domino. I was going to say, I, I know you at least have the one game on there. Yeah, like. uh, but really, the, the only thing the PS2 is good for for me, two things. Tulip and Katamari Damacy. Yeah, I, I know there's another one. Yeah. So, you know, really, is there anything that has a larger library? I mean, No, I think here, the PS2 will about, go down in history as the largest, have, most varied We're sort library. of mocking it, but I mean, let's face it back. It's got millions of great games. It's the top-selling console of all time. But we've just never played them. No. It's got zillions of great games. Yeah. We just haven't played them. Yeah, so. yeah. And I will, though. But make sure you check out Chris's video. It's really, really good. Uh, I checked that, and Look I heard it. Look how fancy, by the yeah, way. Yeah, he did a good job with that. And finally, Aaron, I had a little chat with Mike Clark. 
this was released on the podcast feed a couple weeks ago, but I released the video version. Mike Clark, Psygnosis, uh, composer, audio designer. He looks like a composer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we went we went deep in the weeds with uh, with you know his his history and what it was like working for Ocean as an in-house audio designer. This was right up your alley. Oh yeah, about, it was yeah. great. And um, and then we, we we talked about his his musical influences. <laughs> we took a deep dive into uh, Mr. Bungle. And, uh, and he, he was he was a real real cool guy, real nice guy to talk to, and uh, and uh, make sure you, you check that out if you haven't already. Yeah, good stuff. All right, Aaron, as we near the end of the show, I'm sad. I'm interested. I'm interested to hear this part. I'm sad to say that uh, first of all, we want to thank um, Blendo. No, not Blendo. Who ah, picked? Who well, picked, thank him too. Who picked? Was it Picks? Did you pick Desert Strike? I think picks pick uh, Desert Strike. I could be wrong. Um, we want to thank our Abigo's Game Selection Committee for uh, for choosing Desert Strike for yeah, us. Good choice. I uh, cannot believe we haven't covered that until yeah, now. I just if, can't believe it. If you enjoy the uh, the show and you want to help support the show and pick the games that we play, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash Amigos Podcast. We need your help. We yeah. don't know what we're doing. We're idiots. If you have not uh, had the, an opportunity to write us a review on iTunes, that helps us tremendously. Uh, oh, it's a boss man oh, pick. You're in, now you're in trouble. Oh, I can't believe you I will skipped be bossed. out on the boss man. Paul Harrington, thank you for, for picking that game and for the selection committee voting Good choice. Thank you guys uh, so much. Um, but anyway, write us an iTunes review if you could. That would really help us. Now, Aaron, last week, the Patreon song, I'm sorry to say, again, for the second week in a row, no one guessed the song that game was i mean that song was all oh i had no idea what well you were what i did was it, the name of the song was does anybody really know what time it is by chicago oh i know that song and uh I did, that's what you were saying i did all the horn parts i did all the backup vocals and the lead all in one that would explain because that thing was all over the map <laughs> yeah all i don't i don't really know how big chicago was overseas i'm guessing they weren't huge uh, but that, so that song's even obscure. I mean, it's it. a fairly obscure yeah. song, much even by Chicago standards. Yeah. I mean, it was a hit, but you don't ever hear it. No, no. Of course, you never hear Chicago. Period. Yeah, anymore, you do. So. Twenty-five or six to four, you hear that all the time. Do you? On classic stage. I guess you do. You probably hear that more than. What about Saturday in the Park? Those three. Which, which one? Which one are you going to hear the most? In the Park. Boy, I, I'd say oh, oh, twenty-five or six to four, but it's Saturday in the Park, and then the third one you did. Yeah, the third yeah. one, yeah. Well, I, I did like the breakdown from. Really, when you got yeah, well, that was, uh, an interesting discussion about how he determines what the hell you're saying, right? Is. The the, hun the honey pie, the thing. He he really went went deep into what I did what I did wrong on my especially my old timey voice was apparently not done up to industry standards. So I apologize for that. <laughs> um, None of your voices are up to industry. Standards. <laughs> what depends on the industry? I suppose porn music industry. You're right there. <laughs> All right. I, yeah. I see that Edmund says you should do some mainstream tunes. I don't even know what a mainstream tune is. Vote is a college music specialist yeah remember yeah. when i tried to give him tunes he poo-pooed them all yeah um so we're gonna do it again um if you know this you can send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com if you Man, get it I, right I i've got one your for name you. on the air i've got one for next week i'm gonna submit it after the show okay oh but wait but wait there's more aaron oh okay i'm sorry if you would like and by you i mean the royal you not only you i uh, would like to um sing your own version of the Patreon song. You can do it to an existing song. You can make up your own tune for the Patreon song. We would love to have that, and we will play it on the show in place of my Patreon song. Oh, my gosh. All of the names are in the show notes every week. 
Uh, and all you have to do is just send me an email, johnandamigospodcast.com. Just attach the wave or the MP3, and we will play that on the or show. Or video. Yeah. That'd be even better. Yeah. Especially so, if you're dancing around. Yeah, yeah. Dancing is that that will put you. Or over you're the just top doing sure. it in the middle of a crowd, mm-hmm. as loud as you can. Flash mob Patreon song. All right, I'm turning the corner on this idea. So here we go. Zebedee's match ground about jerking Mr. Cola Daniel Williams. Bernard Lucas Jerry Denning Tim's Orth Love Commodore Kid. Young Ben Goodenson, Reflection, Simon Ledge, Captain, Crispy Kilobytes, and Caffeine Mike W. Decker, Creepwood, Gary Heller, Free Lunch, Kate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones. Lobsterminator, 10-Minute Amiga, Retrocast, Bernard Quinn, Retro Man Cake, Tim Drew, Simon Rose, Joseph Harrison, <laughs> Kyle Edder, Rob O'Hara, Howard Nibbs, Matthew Larimore, Andy Craig, Seanzo Colin Forbanai, Bark Bid, Roland Burke, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, John Cook, Lee Carolyn, Alan Kebab, Chekote, Levelo, John Marshall, Matthew Perron, Ricky DeRosha, Creepy Dead Boy, Figgy CTZC, the slow Norris Stefan Sorgord Mortensen Edwin Helensen Blendo seventy five Christopher Soul Christopher Hassel Rabbi Abbott Chris Folds Green Ketcher Lauren Giroux Graham Vepke Lane Denson Adam Battersby, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Gary Hucker, C. Brian Jones, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles, <laughs> Tip from the Crib, Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THT, uh uh, Eric Nelson, Kim, Tom, me, Humbush died, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Bearer, Derek Gouda, Daring Cole, Jason Morris, Pixels at <laughs> Dawn, and Kjolbjorn Barman. You sort of morph Brutal Barracuda with another name. That's, that's why I do it. He morphs. He's like a dino morph. You know, that started out as some like AM gold. Yeah. And then it turned into <laughs> PM not gold. At the end of that, <laughs> horrible. You know, you did remind me of something. Though, as you were caterwauling through that, just a, a, couple, a couple plugs because I, I watched a lot of videos this week. Cause I was home a lot. Mm-hmm. Kilobytes and Caffeine has a channel. I don't know if you knew this, and he's done a couple of shows on being a computer tech. If you're a computer tech and you sort of suffer, go. <laughs> it brought back the most hideous memories for mm-hmm. me, but it was a, a hideous in a good way because I don't do it anymore. So it makes it a lot of fun. Also, I, I listened to the last couple retro hours. Uh, our buddy Ravi's on there, Dan. I, yeah, I never can't remember the new guy's name, so I apologize, new it's guy. It's Dinosaur Pie. No, it's not him. That's that's a what? No. Anyway, 
That's the guy on. He's on Retro Gaming Roundup. Retro. This is uh, this is Retro, retro Hour. Gravity Show. Retro. Anyway, the new table. one. They the new one. They're talking about uh, copy busting, which is fun, and they've got an expert on there. So I think it's eight. Uh, who is it they get on there? They've got a real uh, a guy who does this stuff on the net. I've watched some of the shows, so it's real good. So I recommend those two if you want to listen to some good stuff this week. Awesome. Cool. I got more stuff coming. That's what stuff is fresh in my brain. Joe Fox, thanks, picks. That's his name. Joe Fox, that's the new guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Aaron. That was quite a performance, by the way. But thank you. Next week, uh, we are going to be playing Blendo seventy five suggestion Ultima five. <laughs> okay. Thousand. I, I've already started playing such a smidge, and mm, mm. <laughs> yeah. it's hard. It'll be something. All right. We will see you guys then. If you want to watch us live, you can. Every we Friday, we demand it. Twitch.tv slash Amigos Podcast. You can join the fine folks in the chat, like Edvin Helland is here, Pixels at Dawn Gaming, doing the mod biz. Uh, Ricky DeRocher is with us. Uh, Delamort78, BarkBit, L. Curtis B is here. Kilobytes and Caffeine there in the chat. ZK9K is here. Um, yeah, Bike Me. Uh, Duncan Styles, thank you guys so much for joining us. It's always a party in the chat. Picard, of course, 2010, always good for a host. Frodo NL is there. So, all thank our you. favorites. And uh, I do also want to thank all of our Twitch subscribers. Almost forgot. If you are an Amazon Prime subscriber, you can support the show for nothing. You go over to twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming and click that subscribe with Twitch Prime button, just like these guys did. Peeplo, Super PHB. Honored Shadow. Ooh. It's like a ninja. Yeah. I am Honored Shadow. Still adolescing. Uber Scuba Driver. It's diver, not driver. That's a different guy. <laughs> scuba. <laughs> Mitsuyama. G Vebke. Frodo NL. Paco Tokake. Oh, Buck Owens. Darkwing 602. Lasooner. The Slow Norris. Go to Go Sub. Retro Jerry. Bike Me. Wing Chun Wolf. Real Joe Zombie. And Rushi MSX.